This is episode 77 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 77 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Tyler Labresh on the show, and Tyler is a brand new real estate guy. He got himself into real estate wholesaling, and that's something we've talked about a few times, but the way that Tyler's done it is pretty impressive. He's only been in the game about four or five months, and he's already created $190,000 worth of wholesale fees, uh, and he did it by fully immersing himself into real estate. So he surrounded himself with the right people. He got his mindset into the right place, had absolutely no ego about it. And he proceeded to do something that's pretty darn impressive. And I really enjoyed this interview and I know you're going to enjoy what you get out of it. So if you're a real estate investor and you're wondering how you can find more deals, better deals at a better price point so that you can do more of them and hopefully get that perfect burr that we talk a lot about, this is an essential part of the toolkit. Being able to buy off market it's something that is important. Now, whether you do it yourself or whether you do it through a wholesaler, it's just good to know how this process works. And I think it's really valuable. And I, I generally try to get a lot of this type of guest on the show so we can hear different perspectives about how they negotiate deals and how they find sellers. That's what we're going to cover today. And just before we dive into it, I just want to ask if you haven't already, could you please take a moment right now and just stop and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts just to help let others know that you're getting value from this so that hopefully they can find this podcast as well. And of course, if you're on YouTube and you haven't already done so, make sure you hit that subscribe and notification bell and give it a thumbs up. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Of course, if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at the Andrew Hines. And without further ado, please enjoy episode 77 with Tyler Labresh. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Tyler Labresh on the podcast today. Tyler, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks a lot, Andrew. Definitely happy to be here, man. First podcast ever. So super excited. Well, I'm honored. I'm honored to be the first. So uh, we'll make it a good one. Uh, We'll make it memorable. Um, Anyway, so Tyler, you and I met a little while back at one of the uh, Greater Hamilton REI meetups when you were uh, living in the, uh, the Hamilton area. I don't think you're living there anymore. No, not anymore, man. We, yeah, we met at the Hamilton meetup. I remember I was living in Hamilton, now now moved to London. so My second home, London. That's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Tyler, and what you're, what you're up to in real estate? Yeah, man, absolutely. So my name is Tyler. I'm from Timmins, Ontario. Decided to move to London to pursue business in real estate a few years back. Uh, finally decided to pull the plug on the 9 to 5, and I decided to transition into wholesaling full-time. I've never had any sales experience or anything like that. So it was obviously a challenging decision, but you know, going back to it now, I'm super happy I made that choice and I'm proud to be on this podcast to share my success. So really excited about this. Yeah, man. So I know we're going to focus a lot here on, on wholesaling and generating off market leads, which I just think is so, uh, so critical to a toolkit for an investor to be able to understand how to get them or at least how to work with a good wholesaler and what goes into it. Um, yep. but there, there's, there's some real opportunity there for an investor. Um, now you are, you are an investor as well. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I'm an investor myself. I, I just have the one rental property here in London. Yeah, you got the uh, one in London there right now? Yeah, just have the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, uh, we'll talk about that property, but, uh, tell me a little bit about the process and, and how, what, how does it add value to investors? Like how does what you're doing add value to investors? Why don't you just explain what it is you're doing and how it's adding value? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So wholesaling essentially is we're trying to make it as convenient as possible for an investor to look at a property and say, okay, how am I going to buy this property and how am I going to profit from it? So my job as a wholesaler is to go out and find off-market opportunities that are under market value. So therefore, if you're looking for a flip or a rental, I'm able to provide you that property with all the details necessary and you're able to make a quick decision whether you want to buy that property. My responsibility is to make it nice and convenient for you guys. So that's, that's what wholesaling is on a large scale, essentially. Uh, I just go out and find those off-market opportunities and you guys just buy them and make a profit from. So, yeah. Who do you, who do you have buying from you? Well, you don't, don't give me names, but I mean, are they people from London? Are they people from out of town? Like what's the typical product you're, you're going after? Yeah. So, so basically like myself, I work all across Southwestern Ontario. So I have buyers coming from Toronto, coming from Windsor, 
London as well. The, my main markets I focus in are in Woodstock right now. So the majority of my buyers are in the Woodstock area. Generally, large house flippers for the most part, people who buy long-term rentals as well. Um, sometimes you have first-time home buyers as well taking advantage of the opportunity to get a property on 70 cents mm-hmm. on a dollar, right? So it, it really goes across the board. Mainly flippers are my main uh, buyers. So. so flippers are your main buyers. So um, I've had Sean Allen on this podcast. No secret that he, he uh, likes to flip 30 properties a year. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Have you and Sean connected on a deal yet? Oh yeah, Sean and I have done many deals. Um, I'm definitely proud to say I've worked with Sean. Sean is a very experienced house flipper. I yeah, he's done yeah, he's done over 150 flips. So to be able to work with a guy like Sean on a consistent basis is absolutely amazing, right? Get some good insight of what's going on, and yeah. he's taught me a couple of things as well. So super happy about that. He's bought some multifamilies off me, and he's also bought um, a single family off me as well. So. So you, you found multifamilies, like how many, how many units? Like, what are you finding? Yeah. So for the most part, um, I've been wholesaling for five months total now, and I've done seven deals so far. Um, Mm -hmm. out of those seven deals, I've done four multifamily properties. So I've had a fourplex in Courtright, which is just a small town South of Sarnia. Mm -hmm. Um, I had that one. I had a fourplex in Brantford and then, uh, fourplex in Woodstock as well. And then a fourplex in Ingersoll as well. So those are all at very good prices as well. The, uh, the fourplex in Brantford, I believe was like two ninety five. The one in Courtright was like 190,000. Um, the other one in Woodstock was like two seventy. So we're getting at these really good prices, which makes it extremely attractive for a buyer to come in and say, okay, you know, $80,000 a unit. No one's upset about that in these markets. Right. So yeah, eighty thousand seems seems uh, pretty reasonable compared to what I see in most places. I mean, yeah. I know in, in Hamilton you're getting a steal if you're getting it for like one forty, one fifty. You know, people are pricing into one eighty, two hundred um, a unit, so it, it's getting more and more expensive to uh, to buy multi. So yeah, if you're getting in that price point, point it sounds pretty good. Yep. I mean, with such a broad focus, like you're not coming to me saying, "Hey, I focus on this city" or "I focus on that city." You're one guy, yet somehow you're getting deals across a very, very wide area. What is it that you're doing that's allowing that to happen? Uh, Most of it is from networking and Mm -hmm. flyer drops, right? So I've done flyer drops in Woodstock and Brantford, for instance. A lot of it's from networking as well, saying, hey, Tyler, I know you're into wholesaling. I have this lead over here. Can you help me out with that? Uh, I did some some work with Sean through some online marketing as well in the past few months, which has generated leads across the board as well. So it's more about just expanding your your marketing and then the opportunities come around, right? Um, I recently did a single family home in uh, Windsor and what happened was my friend was actually working in Windsor mm-hmm. and uh, he calls me and he's like, hey man, I, I, I know a guy on the street that's looking to sell their house. What do you think? I'm like, well, let's see if we can get this deal, right? So he met the seller and I basically coached him through the process and we got the deal under contract and did a $40,000 assignment together. So it's a lot through networking and just, you know, the, the thing is like just helping people out. And I feel like if you're just always helping people out and giving them value, it comes back yeah. to you ways you would never believe. Right. So, yeah. Well, how are you doing that? Like, tell me, give me some examples of how you're, you're connecting with people, how you're putting the bug in their ear that they should call you when they find a property that's off the market. Yeah. I, honestly, they come very sporadically. Like I think it's just because the past few months I've gone multiple deals coming in. I think I've had people reach out to me through the social media platform saying, Oh, Hey, I see you're doing wholesaling. I have this lead over here. Can you help me out with that? Or, Hey, I have this lead over here. Um, so it's more or less just like, yeah, let's partner up. Let's see if we can make something happen from that. Right. So okay. the one with the Windsor one, my friend was just excited because he, he's been really interested in what I'm doing. Uh, he wants to get into this business eventually. I know, I know he has it in him and he know I know he wants to do it. So he's like, yeah, I, I have an opportunity. Let's see if we can partner up. And it worked out pretty good. We did a good assignment on that one. So how did he know you? He was a pre-existing friend. Yeah, he's actually, uh, his name's Trevor. He's been my one of my best friends for like seven years. We actually went to college together in Sudbury. So he, he does, he, I used to do power line work and he does power line work right now. And he was just working in Windsor and his boss said, yeah, I know a guy trying to sell this on the street. So then he grabbed that guy's info and we worked together on it. Um, I basically just coached him through the whole process and uh, we, we, we got it. So he's super happy because that was his first walkthrough he's ever done. He just asked me all these questions and I basically just, said, okay, if he says this, you got to say this. If he wants this, just say that. It was crazy, man. I promise. Like yeah. I've never, I was, I felt super proud. Like I love getting deals for myself. Like it's super exciting, of course, but if I can help someone else get a deal like that, that's the yeah. best part. 
because then I, I feel like it's fulfilling. I'm like coaching, I'm helping someone else, you know, yeah. generate income for themselves. Like that is what I love to do. So it's amazing. All right. So tell me about your backstory then. Where are you coming from? Yeah. The power lines, right? Yeah. So how much time do we have for this part? Right. So yeah, go for it, whatever you want. Yeah, man. So, um, yeah. So from Timmins, uh, at a young enough age, I was actually interested in doing personal training and my original plan was I was going to go to do personal training, just focus on that full time. Then I had the epiphany last minute. It was like, okay, why don't I just get a high paying trade job? And then I'll go into business later on in life, right? Maybe five plus years or whatever it may be. So I went to college, got my power line um, diploma at the school, worked out West for a year, got laid off because the oil prices went down, came back to Ontario and got a full-time job at Hydro One, which is one of the more prestige jobs in Ontario. Like we make a great income, six-figure income. It's amazing, right? But the one thing about that job was that I felt like you're just a number in a big company like that. So I, I felt like, you, you know, you could be the best worker at Hydro One, but there's nothing's going to show. You're just going to be an average at the company, right? So I made it my mission to be like, okay, I'm going to get myself into business and I'm going to use this opportunity at Hydro One to just generate income for myself so I can invest it. And while I'm working on the road, I'll read all the real estate books, all the business books, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, eventually just go into business full-time, right? So did that for about four years and then the right opportunity came around where I had the opportunity to get into business. Um, this was actually, that was three months away from getting my red seal at Hydro One. So this is crazy. I had many people question why I did this, but I felt very confident with what I knew about business and who I was able to work with in business that it would turn out. So I, uh, my fifth year, I decided to hand in my notice first day back fifth year because I didn't want to go and do another year at Hydro and three months before I was supposed to get my red seal. So I just cut it off completely. And I just basically made myself put myself in a position where I had to make something happen. Right. I had to just go out and crush business, right? hundred percent sales job, never did a sales job before hundred percent commission. So, you know, you, you eat what you kill kind of mentality. And, uh, this actually all happened when coronavirus kind of came out too. Right. So I, I, uh, quit business, quit my job at hydro, went to business in February, all during coronavirus. I was like, okay, this is going to be crazy, but we managed to make it work. So now I'm yeah. super excited to share my story here and just kind of, I want to encourage people to like actually go after what you want in life. And just cause you have a great opportunity where you're working, if you're not happy, definitely yeah. look to find something unique for yourself. Right. So it's the, the golden handcuffs, right? You had that job that, you know, you're saving a pension, you're making a hundred and you know, change. Uh, yep. In that job, most people wouldn't wouldn't want to leave that. They would want to stay doing that, and or they would hesitate for a very long time. So, what is it that you thought you were going to get out of it? You must have been extremely motivated. So, what is it that you wanted to to achieve? Yeah. So, essentially, what I wanted out of business was the opportunity to do what I want when I want. Right. That's the nice thing about business is the freedom aspect to it. Like Hydro One, yeah, great paying job. You know, you can go home, relax. You just made a lot of money, all that kind of stuff, right? But the main thing is, like, you can get a phone call and say, oh, actually, Tyler, you're working in Hamilton right now. Actually, next week, you need to be in Windsor, right? So that idea of, like, being, like, stuck in that position where it's like, I don't know where I'm going to be. They could just send me here at one point, here the next year, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it didn't work well with my personality style. Like, I, I like being able to wake up and just do whatever I want, right? If I could make an income doing whatever I want, then I'll be fulfilled. I'll be happy and I'll be yeah. willing to, you know, go and share and try and help people do the same. Right. So yeah, you got to be happy on a daily basis. I know that for me, like I, I used to have to work in the office every day. And you know, when I was teaching, that was great. I had a lot of autonomy. I only had like, you know, 10 hours of teaching a week or 12 hours, whatever it was, the rest of it was up to me. And, uh, you know, now what I do, it's, yeah, I got things that need to get done, but yeah, I set the schedule and I can, I can really resonate with that because I don't know. I think as human beings, we don't, we naturally don't want that. Maybe some do. I think that it's our natural instinct to want freedom. Yeah. <laughs> you want to just be able to do, to do whatever, whenever. And that's the big reason Absolutely. why I'm, I'm in real estate. And, and the big reason why I say it's all, pa it's all about passive, building that passive income so that one day I truly just never need to work. And then it'll all just be a choice. Um, not quite there yet. I still do yeah, active yeah. income. 
but uh, but working towards it. Is that what you're working towards as well, getting a passive income? Yeah, that, that's my plan eventually. Um, at first, I wanted to go buy some multifamily buildings, but now I'm more steering towards, you know, just stick it to wholesale, use that as my active yeah. income. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like reinvest it into the business as much as possible. So I get to a point where it's a little bit passive in the business, but also somewhat active. And then once I get enough capital saved up and all that kind of stuff, I want to just get into like private lending, right? Because then, okay. then I don't need to think too much. So I can just focus on wholesaling, be the active, just always wholesaling, and uh, then just lend out the rest. And the nice thing about wholesaling is you actually meet all these connections, all these flippers, all these buyers. Mm-hmm. So once I have that big database and I have the capital available in the bank account, I'll, I'll be able to private lend my money, right? So it's yeah. crazy. At first, I was like, I want that rental property. And now I'm more just steering towards wholesaling for now. So we'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing pretty well. Like, do you mind sharing some of your results? I think you had sent me a little bit of a summary before of uh, some of your results thus far. Um, like how, how, how's it looking? You're, you're like four months in, five months in. How are you looking so far? Five, five months in right now. So I'm, I'm super happy with how things are going. Um, it's five months in wholesaling. I'm at 186,000 in wholesale fees, which is <laughs> I'm your portion, happy. your portion. That's what you keep. That's no, that's what I made for the team. So I make, oh, okay. half, right. But with, okay. to be able to make that kind of income in you know, five months is absolutely amazing. And just to be able to add value to our team as well, because we also want to grow our team. So I think that's going to help in the long run. But uh, yeah, no, I've, you know, my, my first two walkthroughs I've ever done, I actually closed on both those deals. I don't, I, at that point, it gave me a lot of confidence to kind of move forward. Like, this is what I want to do. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to leave your full-time job and go into a complete sales job and succeed has been truly rewarding. Like I, I was kind of concerned because we didn't know what was happening with coronavirus. Right? I, I show up and I do a commission job where you need to go and see houses. And uh, I got lucky and worked hard, obviously, and I made $70,000 in wholesale fees my first three months. So, you know, things are looking really good. I just had my best month this month in July. I've, I've assigned a $40,000 single family home and then a fourplex for 66,000. So we're at 106,000 for the month of July, which is amazing. I'm super happy. So why don't you walk us through, like, I know you quit the job. Um, and I think you're living at the, uh, the, uh, McMansion. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So this is (laughs) for anyone who, who listened to the earlier episodes with Matt McKeever and we had, uh, Dylan McLaughlin at the time was living there. Um, Adam Martin at the time was living there. I think that this all might've changed, um, at some point, but, uh, so those were all at this place. So basically the idea is that you're working with Matt McKeever and the team there, um, so tell me about what enticed you to want to do that and what you've got out of it and how you feel that affected your success so far. Yeah. So yeah, like mentioned, I work on Matt McKeever's wholesale team and um, Matt McKeever and I go pretty far back. Like last year, I, I remember or two years ago, I remember watching YouTube videos on real estate and uh, I didn't know where I wanted to go with it. And I came across Matt McKeever's YouTube channel and then I ended up following him because I found out that he's from London. So I reached out to him and he actually had a Vegas mastermind happening that same week. And I've never been to a real estate network event at this point. This was like a year and a half ago. And I just messaged him. I was like, I'm going to your event. We're going to make something happen out of this. So went, bought a Vegas ticket, bought a suit, bought a plane ticket, flew to Vegas, met Matt McKeever. And I just got, he's a very intentional guy. He's got good intentions. He just wants people to succeed. So I, I just kept learning off of him for the most part that whole year. And then I decided to finally, you know, pull the plug in a wholesale and full time. And then I moved into the mansion for training and now I'm still here uh, succeeding. So I owe a lot of the success and credit to, to the team. Matt, Matt has been helping me throughout the entire process. Adam has been a huge help as well. So super happy just to be a part of this group because I wouldn't be where I am without uh, the team here. So, yeah, it's full immersion, right? If you're living there, um, I guess it doesn't work so well if you're married, but, uh, for <laughs> single guys, it, uh, it works. Okay. Life is pretty good right now, man. I've never been happier, man. I, I, this is like a pandemic going on right now. And you know, I'm, I'm super happy with the way things are working out because I've been working hard every single day and it's been rewarding. It's been paying off. So yeah, you've, you've come a long way. So what's, what's the general understanding of, of you working with Matt? Like what, you know, I'm sure he, he mentioned it to you. Hey, if you wanted to live here, here, here's how we work on this team. Like what's the general, like, what did you expect coming in? How, how was that, that kind of set up? Yeah. So he's more or less, if you're, if you're very committed to real estate and you have a passion for, it and you want to be a successful wholesaler, Matt says, okay, come, come out and you can move into one of our mansions for free. 
So you live here and they compensate, but you obviously split the profits with the team, but you get so much value and knowledge training and working with guys like Matt and Adam. So that's how it kind of worked out. He's like, if you want to just do wholesaling every day, just, just move into the mansion for training. And that's what I did. Right. I literally mm-hmm. left everything I had going on my job and everything left Hamilton, just moved in to London, moved to London, moved into the mansion. Didn't know where it was going to take me. I just knew that if I went in there with the right guidance, I will put the work that I need to do to succeed. And uh, that's basically it. Like literally just waking up every day, working 10 to 16 hours some days, right? So just being able to be around the right people and just being, I just listen to what Matt has been saying and I just put to use and it's been working out phenomenally too, right? And I also have, uh, I hired a coach as well, Corey McKinnon. So every Tuesday I talk to him. He's been a huge help as well, right? So just being around the right people, getting the right guidance and them just saying, okay, this is what you should do. I just followed the path, just worked really hard and it's worked out very well for me. So yeah, man, you're, you're absolutely killing it. And, uh, you know, just, it just goes to show like, you know, that old saying, right. You become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think that's the biggest reason that that house works is because you're, you're shutting out all other influences, but positive real estate influences that are are crushing it and doing really well. And, and that was a big reason why I love the meetup when we were able to do that. And I actually really miss that is just being around like-minded people on a regular basis. And in your case, you're there, you're with them every single day. So yeah. Tell, tell me about the dynamic there. Like you're, you're waking up in that house. So, so basically they're providing food too. Like it's not just, oh, no, it doesn't, it doesn't go that far. No. But okay. So you just got a place to live. They pay the utilities, but you, you that sounds pretty good. You know, if they want to do that, that's pretty awesome too. That's I, not, I think that you should propose that. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you know, doing well for the team, give you some food. Hey, I'm down for some steaks, right? No one's upset about that, right? They've actually included incentives into the company now where you, where you make X amount of dollars you know, you get a pen or a suit or like a watch and all that. So that's been super exciting. So it kind of pushes us forward to keep working harder. Right. But as for the dynamic here at the mansion, I literally wake up at 5am every morning, five to five 30. I have my morning routine. I follow, we actually do a team workout in the morning too. It's kind of gets, you know, the blood flowing. Sometimes you wake up, you're a little tired, whatever, do a little workout, get ready for our meetings in the morning. And then we just kind of do our own thing. But uh, being around people that actually really want to crush in business, like, I'll hap- I'll happily work with you all the time, right? Because it's just going to help the team. It's going to help my my myself development as well, right? So right, we we've had people like since I've been here, I've seen three wholesalers leave, right? or two wholesalers leave, and an- another guy leave as well, right? So so it's not for the faint of heart. It's not like you just come here and you become extremely successful. It requires a lot of work, but the path is there for you. So mm-hmm. you know, just a matter of coming here and just working hard and making the most of it, right? Is Mike still living there, Mike Nowicki? Yeah, Mike. Mike's still here. Uh, so yeah, right who's now, in the house right now. Like. Yeah. So right now, we're, this is actually the second mansion. So they have the other mansion as well. But okay. uh, right now, in this house, right now, it's it's myself, Mike Nowicki, um, Amar, who's also joined the team two months ago. He actually just got his first deal two days ago. So I was super super happy for that guy. He's been working hard. And then uh, we have another guy that joined the team a couple of weeks ago. His name is Dylan. So looking forward to okay. getting them trained up and getting them to start making some good money. Right. So super excited yeah. to have him here. So you guys all help each other. And then the dynamic is the company that, uh, that Mike has, or sorry, uh, that Matt McKeever has started and, and Jeff, I think. Uh, so that company yeah. is the one you're, you're essentially working for, signing the deals through, and, yeah. and then it pays you a piece of, of the action, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. So they, okay. we follow their procedures and we have Adam writes out the offers for us. So we just follow that procedure and then we just split the profits, right? So that's yeah, that's, that's a very interesting approach to this. Like they're, they're kind of like taking it and turning it into, you know, what realtors do, what mortgage agents do, and they, they, they get a piece of, of the action, so to speak, of every, every deal that they, uh, they create. Um, yeah. So tell me how you are, are working through your process. I know you said you're kind of, you, people know where you are. They, are you doing social media posts? Like, is there a, is there an Instagram profile that we should all be following? You guys should be following me. My, my Instagram is just my name, Tyler Debresh. Uh, I made it my goal this month in August to start posting a bit more because I'm not the most active on social media, but I know I should be, you know, posting more consistently about what's happening in my life because eventually one day I'm going to look back like, oh, I did all these things, but where, where's the history on it, right? So, and I want to 
start adding value to people because I feel like I'm trained up pretty, pretty well right now. And I feel like I can offer a lot of value mm-hmm. to people. So I'm definitely going to start up in the social media a little bit, making some more stories, posting about what we have going on here. Because it, it is truly amazing what we're doing. And it's really inspiring for someone that's in a position right now where they're working a job that, you know, maybe they're not fulfilled with like I was. And, you know, being able to take action on something amazing. So I believe it's, it's truly awesome what we're doing here. Oh yeah, it's it's really really cool, man. Um, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to dig into the procedures a little bit more, the process a little bit more, so we can help because not everybody's going to be able to move into the mansion. But yeah. uh, you know, if we can kind of share a little bit more about your process, what you look for um, in finding a quality lead, how you know okay. when it's something worth seeing, and how you know when it's not. Because I mean, you telling me this, like I remember when I was sending out flyers, um, I was getting so many calls that uh, it, you really have to be able to weed out the tire kickers. Cause there's a yeah. lot of them. So um, oh, yeah. tell me a little bit about like when you sent out flyers, the type of response you've got, now give me an example of an area where you've done it the type of response that you've got and how you decide who you're going to go see, who you're not going to go see, walk me through it. Right. Right. Okay. So I, I could definitely speak about one that really stuck out to me. I actually started driving for dollars when I first, first started and I uh, dropped a just flyers off in people's mailbox, right? And uh, this one one seller called me, said, hey, I seen your flyer in the mailbox. Would you be interested in coming by to check out the property? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll, I'll come by. This is when I was fresh. Like, I haven't done any deals. This was like my second walk, like the first or second walkthrough, one of those two properties. So I went there and uh, the, the property was like, it was a fourplex and it was like completely gutted. So I, I went in there and I'm just like, I'm not really sure what to do with this. And I just kind of got to know the guy's story and it kind of figured out what he needed. He was behind on his payments and all that kind of stuff. So I really tried to, to compensate and see like, let's get a plan for you and let's see if we can make something happen. And being able to help him out has really helped me, uh, help me get that deal. Um, but then again, some phone calls you get, but you get people just, Hey, I want max dollar or like, Hey, you, you kind of, you can kind of see their interest when you're listening to them on the phone. Um, I always send out flyers and masses now, and then I'll get phone calls, maybe two out of 10 might be good leads, if anything, right? So there's a lot of people that just say, oh, my, my place needs a lot of work or like, okay, I, I want to get X amount of dollars. And as you progress and get more practice in certain markets, you can kind of get a feel for whether it's worth coming by to check it out, right? So if someone mm-hmm. is in Woodstock, for instance, for me right now, and they call me and they say they want, you know, in the 400s, I know that it's not a good fit for me because I kind of know what's going on in that city. Um, so it's more about just kind of like understanding their why and kind of feeling out their motivation. If if you feel like they're really motivated to sell, then it makes a lot more sense to really deep dig deeper and actually go meet them in person and go check out their property. Mm-hmm. But finding out their why they want to sell is crucial. Like yeah. you can't get good deals unless you figure out what is actually going on in that person's situation right in their life right now. I've had people tell me they're recently divorced. And like, when you know that you can at least go in there and help them and offer like a solution to them. Right. Because they might be in a position where they do need to sell really quickly. So um, that's where we offer our services. It really goes down to finding out their why and in their motivation level. If they have a low motivation level, you know, I might just say, Hey, I know a couple of realtors in the area. I think it might work better if you work with a realtor, right? Because if they're not interested in selling right away, I always say, if I can't pay max dollar, I would recommend this realtor or this realtor, right? So it really depends on their motivation. So is that is that where uh, Jeff Weibo gets a call then? Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when we call Jeff or we call realtors. We, I don't do yeah. too much work in London here. I'm more on yeah. the, the Woodstock side, but we also okay. help with Jeff. As well. So you're, you're dropping flyers in Woodstock then? Yeah, I do. Uh, I drop flyers in Woodstock pretty consistently. I actually did uh, a 10,000 flyer drop just the other month and that came came out with the two deals. So that's been working out pretty good. Um, I recently, uh, as of Friday, so a couple of days ago, I sent out uh, flyers to Ingersoll and Brantford as well. So looking to get some phone calls from that at the end of the week. I'm thinking. Are you doing 10,000 at a time more or less? Basically, yeah. My my first couple of drops have been 10,000 and this time I actually, I'm actually, I have some really big goals coming up in August. So I, I decided to send out 20,000 flyers and if we can get, you know, yeah. six or seven good leads off that, I, I'm yeah. hoping to close on a couple of them. So, Okay, so I'm just fathoming 10,000 flyers, how many calls you're getting. Um, well, first off, before we get into the numbers of, of, yeah. of you know, kind of how you're getting overwhelmed, what are you putting on your flyer like, to entice people to want to call? 
Yeah, so more or less, I just state, hey, my name is Tyler. I'm an investor. I'm a wholesale, like not specifically I'm a wholesale, but I look to find properties for investors. And I just just be completely transparent, right? I'm just looking for opportunities right now. Um, and I also state, like, if you're in this type of scenario, this is how I can help you. And I'll, all, like, on my last flyer drop, I also stated, okay, we've done, my team and I have, we've done five deals in the past four months or seven deals now, I guess, in the, in the past four months, because it, it does add a bit of credibility. Because uh, mm-hmm. the first thing they, they do when they call sometimes is like, who are you? And how did you get this flyer in my mailbox, right? So you got to really, you know, stand out and be, have, having that credibility on your flyer, if anything, can definitely help you out. They, yeah. They're concerned sometimes, right? Does it look like a professional flyer or is it more like the handwritten type? Like, <laughs> I mean, I've sent out the handwritten one that I just photocopied. Um, like, do yeah, you that, do that or, or do that's you do what that? I've been... <laughs> You've been doing the same? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of people. That's, been what I've been doing is, that's what I've been doing as well. And I, I know for sure there's a lot of people doing that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you really got to stand out and, you know, yeah. really, really focus on their needs. You got to be really relational, right? Because if they have, yeah. if there's tons of people sending flyers out, they, you know, they get two or three a week sometimes, right? So you got to really, really yeah. understand them and you know be very intentional be very relational and they're going to be more open to you because if you're in there they call you in the first question you ask them hey are you looking to sell is like that's not how i like to operate right. myself i definitely you know like basically shoot the shit with them for a couple minutes and then just kind of see when you get to talk to them and get to understand them a little bit they'll start to kind of share more about their story and you can kind of add value yeah. in different ways so um right. Okay. So then how much time are you spending doing that over the phone versus doing it in person? Cause I wouldn't want, you know, the person to, Oh, I just bought it earlier this year. I uh, wanted to see what you'd give me. Um, that person, yep. I don't want to go see their house because they're not going to sell it to a good for, to me for a good price. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in all honesty, like I don't really have like a strict routine. I follow. I, yeah. I honestly just wing the phone calls. <laughs> I promise. Like I literally just start talking to them and have a fun conversation and then kind of dig deep into what their motivation is. Uh, like, like the last deal I just did was one of my, was my best deal. It was a $66,000 assignment. And the, the whole conversation, literally the first time talking to him, we just talked about golf for like five minutes. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, Oh, so yeah, I see you have a house you're interested in selling. And he's like, yeah, He's like, I don't really know if I want to sell right now. I'm just on the, the line about it right now. And later on, just kept talking about golf and then found out that he wanted to move to the States to buy a vacation rental so he could golf more in the States. So then we just kind of talked about that a bit. And then every now and then asked questions about the property. And eventually he got excited to sell and we got it for a good price. So it, it really varies. That's, that's like a, you know, that doesn't happen every day, obviously. Like don't, that no, is no, like- Of course not, yeah. Every odd time, but uh, the average person- you know, we'll more or less just kind of question what we're doing and why they should work with me. Right. So I really try yeah. and build. Work. Yeah. I would say like one thing I noticed a fair bit of doing it in Hamilton is hostility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hamilton is, is, there's a lot of flyers going on in Hamilton. I know that one. Yeah. I was probably early on before flyers got kind of a big there. And, yep. uh, and yeah, I got some people, you know, calling me basically, you kind of know if they block the number, don't answer it because it's, pre- it's pretty much just somebody threatening somebody calling exactly. to threaten my life, uh, break my life. Watch for those people. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people threatening you. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that unique or have you found that occasionally too? Uh, well, yeah, to be honest, when I first first started, I had a lot of people like, "Don't ever send flyers here again," right? Yeah. And it, I more or less just say, "Hey, I apologize for the inconvenience. I do this professionally as a business. Just fair warning. I go through Canada Post. I wasn't specifically targeting your property, so I really try to defuse. Yeah. Even if I know I'm not going to buy their right. house, right? Yeah. yeah. Just be really intentional and be like, I'm just, you know, I, I, this is my business. This is how I market. I'm just trying to find business for myself, and they always understand after that. Mm-hmm. But they, you get a lot of people that obviously yeah. they're not super thrilled to receive your flyer three times in two months, right? So, right. But they I mean, do they also call the pizza company and, and yell at them for sending them a pizza flyer? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> right. It doesn't exactly like it doesn't. It takes two seconds to grab that flyer and throw it throw in the garbage. garbage. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. That's just it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, give me an idea. Like if you send out 10,000 flyers, is your phone like exploding and, and how many houses are you going to see over those two weeks that your phone is just like, you know, really going off? 
Yeah, so I'll I'll kind of speak about like what's happened in the past. Like my my very first flyer drop I did was in Woodstock, and I sent out it was like thirty two hundred flyers because I was just starting out, right? Just let's just see what happens, and I ended up getting six phone calls. Three people were interested in selling. Three people were just not happy with the flyer, and then I went to two of those walkthroughs and managed to get both those deals. And that, that was like a really good return. Like that doesn't happen all the time. So right. then after that, I'm like, okay, you know, two deals. I was excited. I'm like, okay, we got two deals from 3000 flyers. Like, let's just up that up, up it up, right? up it. And uh, now I've been sending 10,000. Generally off of 10,000, I'll get like 20 phone calls and there'll be maybe three to four people on average that are interested in selling five tops. Okay. So you really got to kind of like, when you get that lead, you got to, you know, if you're sending 10,000 flyers, you got to really work hard and close that deal because there's tons of people marketing. Yeah. So you got to be on that fast, right? How, like what, what is 10,000 flyers cost you to put out? Is that like four or $5,000 or no, that would be like, like probably what? $3,000. And yeah, 10,000 flyers is roughly $2,000, 2,200, including printing, including. Canada post, all that stuff. Yeah. I think, I think, Correct me. I believe it's this. It's I think it's like twenty cents for f- per flyer mm-hmm. printed and sent out is the average. Like through, I use M and T Print Shop, and I think like if I send out ten thousand flyers, it's basically two thousand dollars. And okay, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember what I was paying through Canada Post. It's been a little bit since I did it, but it was like probably yeah. twelve or thirteen cents a piece, if I'm not mistaken. So it's obviously cheaper yeah. than cheaper than you know putting a stamp on something uh, by far. Uh, and Absolutely. then of course you got your printing costs. So you put that out. So then you're getting, you're getting 20 phone calls, three, four, five are interested. Um, tell me about that. Do you remember the first, the first two deals? So your first mailer, you got two deals. Talk to yep. me about what you saw. Let's walk through, let's walk through like one of those houses and, and what you saw, what you thought, and then what it ended up uh, going for. Okay. So my first flyer drop when I sent out 3,200 flyers was literally at the same time coronavirus happened. So it was very like on my flyer, I didn't even mention anything about coronavirus because I got them printed off before that happened. So sent them out and uh, the two, I'll just speak about the two people that were interested in selling. Uh, There's one seller that was just, he just needed to sell because he, he recently got divorced and he's like, I just want someone to you know help me out in my scenario. Um, so we ended up talking, this was all done over the phone. I've never seen yeah. the property and I just talked to him over the phone and just explained to him what price I needed it for to guarantee a sale. So I ended up getting the single family for around like 200,000 and then assigned it for like two two fifteen, I believe. But that was all virtually done over the phone and he just sent me photos. So I was just running my numbers based off the photos yeah. and it worked out very well. He was happy overall. And then, uh, the other one was a fourplex in Brantford area uh, in Woodstock as well. And uh, basically he was just a tired landlord. He wanted to just sell cause he was just, you know, annoyed of the tenants or something yeah. like that. So I more or less just explained to him. He, he wanted a lot higher than what I ended up getting it. He wanted it for like lower, lower to mid threes and uh, his rents were under rented. So I, I basically just explained like at these rents, it doesn't make sense for me to buy it at this price. I need it for X amount of dollars. And I, managed to get that one for, for 270 and that was done virtually over the phone. Never seen the property. He just sent photos and assigned that to our buyer without him even having to see it because he liked the deal so much. Um, so that's how those two worked out. Uh, okay. I actually had one buyer that was going to buy that single family and the multifamily, but it was a miscommunication. Uh, so what happened was last minute he found out, oh, I, I'm not actually buying it. So I was like, okay. So then I went, literally called all my buyers in Woodstock set up a walkthrough the next day and ended up selling it the next day. So it really caught me off guard because I thought he was buying it the whole time. I was being patient. Oh, okay. And, uh, it was a miscommunication. So, so he I, wasn't buying it. <laughs> he wasn't buying it. I, yeah, I thought yeah. he was buying, he said he'll, he'll take both. What happened was that fourplex was on two separate titles. So oh, okay. meant, I'll take that. Instead oh. of so it was, it was a big miscommunication. I found out like three days left to sell this deal. I called every buyer I knew and managed to sell it the next day, which worked out pretty good, obviously. But okay. So that is that the one that was two seventy, the fourplex that you bought for two seventy? Yeah, the fourplex was the one he the my main buyer bought originally. And then okay. uh, the single family home was the one I thought he was gonna buy, but he oh, didn't okay. so then I had to 
set up a walk the next day and this was during it was it was crazy but so the 215 the one you assigned for for 215 and bought for 200 that was the one you were worried about that you didn't you didn't have sold okay so what what did you end up selling the fourplex for i assigned that the fourplex got under contract for 270 and assigned it for 300 300 Mm -hmm. okay so a thirty thousand dollar um increase there um what okay so let's go through i just want to go through the the logical thought process here when you're looking at them uh what was the two hundred thousand dollar house is that like a bungalow a two-story detached attached yeah so that that right there was a three bedroom one and a half bathroom and uh it was a nice little building it was in woodstock it was like five minutes from downtown uh the after repair value on that was like 370 roughly so okay. I was looking to get it for in the low 200s. And when I offered 200, he was super happy with that price. So it worked out pretty good. I had to kind of explain to him, if you want a guarantee sale, we need it for roughly this price. That property needed roughly 60000 in renovation. I could Now looking back at it, I definitely could have assigned that for a, a larger fee. But back when I was first starting, I just wanted the experience and just practice in general. So I was happy assigning the deals for you know that kind of price. So our, our buyer was super happy yeah. with that one because there's a big spread for him. Like when you when you thought it, when you said two fifteen, like what were you thinking if you listed it with a realtor? I mean, barring coronavirus, um, what were you <laughs> thinking it would have been worth just as is to just close on it and sell it on the market? As is that one that was we I got that under contract for just under seventy cents on the dollar, like for market value. So I think if if we put that on the market, that would have been like a two sixty to two seventy at a minimum, probably around I would say. Anywhere upwards of two seventy to two eighty thousand, and we got it for two hundred. Yeah. So, do you guys ever consider just doing that, like closing on them and then reselling them, or is that not an office policy? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I prefer to just add value to our investors and just continue yeah. building relationships. And it's it's a long term mm-hmm. game for me. So if I can, you know, provide value to our investors, and then you know, I I'm just confident moving forward that it'll benefit mm-hmm. in the long run. So. For sure. Well, I mean, the experience you're getting now is not something that's going to leave you if, you know, if you ever don't live in that mansion or do, do the same thing you're doing now, like you'll, you'll remember this and it'll always be a tool for you, which is super, super useful. Absolutely. Um, okay. So the, the fourplex, you, you managed to pull a f- uh, 30,000, so 15 for the, for the house, 15 for you. Um, you know, not bad for, for something that comes around and then now all of a sudden you get, uh, you get paid. Uh, yeah. What were you thinking? So you you got it under contract for two seventy. You assigned it for three hundred. What were you thinking if you had just listed it? It would have been worth. Uh, right there, like now looking back on it, I would definitely say upwards of like closer to four hundred for sure. Um, I, I I'm looking at the numbers right now, and I know for sure I could have assigned that for like three twenty at a minimum. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine based off of those numbers somewhere of upwards in the, the 400,000. Cause, Cause now, now looking back, I know Woodstock, the average would be minimum hundred thousand dollars a unit on the market. So, you know, that okay. what 270 for a four unit was like 70 something thousand per unit, which back when I first started, I, I, I knew that was a really good deal, but now I have more experience. I realized how good right. of a deal it was. So, so you can only go up from here. You're gonna... <laughs> it's looking, I'm, pretty happy with the way things are going yeah. for sure. and you know my okay. i speak to my parents all the time they have they're from they're in timmins they have no idea what's going on down here in london but yeah reassure them that everything's going pretty good yeah it sounds it sounds like you're you're doing really well and um obviously you're going to take this with you and this is going to be something that's going to going to help you in the future um any gold nuggets that we're missing here? I'm trying to think of, of what other part of the process I should ask. Like, I always like to get into the context of, of what it is you're trying to, to give to the investor. Like, what do you see as being the investor needs this in order to, to think this is a good deal? So that, does the investor need to be able to buy at 70 cents of their ARV or do they want 70 cents on the dollar uh, of current, uh, current value? Like, what do you see them wanting typically? Yeah, that really varies on location i think but you know for cities like the main cities i work in any sort of single family home flip if you're looking around 70 to 75 cents on the door i would definitely say it's a solid deal Um, as is so 70 75 cents of as is value yeah yeah generally around that it really depends on the scope of work so if they could go in just do a 30-day cosmetic flip then if they're generally i try and reassure that the flipper is going to make thirty thousand dollars on the flip so if I buy a property and I can prove to them that they'll make $30,000 on the flip or more, 
And it's yeah. uh, generally a pretty easy sale. That's what they're looking for. They have their numbers. If they make that 30,000, then they're happy. Yeah. Um, and for more like the multifamily kind of properties, I just try and get them under contract whatever their fair market rent would be in that current condition. That's how I kind of sell it as at the 1% rule. So for anyone that doesn't know what the 1% rule is, is if your property rents for 4,000, you want to try and get it for 400,000. But uh, if I could just prove to them that once, you know, you buy this property, tenants are out, you'll, you know, for instance, my, my Ingersoll deal, um, I was marketing it at 380,000. I had it for 340 and I was just selling at 380 because I knew that once all the tenants were to move out in its current condition, that you would be getting a minimum of uh, 300 or $3,800 a month in rent. So that's how I justify each more multifamilies is more based off the rents. And then the single families just make sure they get a 30,000 minimum profit. If it's like a six month flip. Then you try yeah. and do like a 50,000. Yeah. If it's going to take them longer, if they don't need to get permits, I'm sure that there's a little bonus there that take a little, little lower profit, right? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So this sounds like Sean, you know, I had Sean on the podcast. He yeah. wants his $30,000 minimum, right? You know, 30, yeah. yeah. Guaranteed 30,000, no less. I mean, of course, uh, of course it could be more, but he wants to know that's the bit, the minimum. And that's at a minimum because there, there's risk involved. You yeah. know, you, you could, take down a wall and find something crazy behind it. You don't really know. So you need to reassure right. that the, the flipper gets a 30. Yeah. So when you come up with 60 K of reno on that one, like yep. how do you know, like what, what, what to you is a 60 K reno? So that, that property was like 1400 square feet. It needed a decent renovation on the interior. Um, like but kitchens, it also needed- bathrooms, flooring, paint. Yeah. Kitchen. Actually the bathrooms were in decent condition, but more was, the kitchens, the bathrooms, the flooring, all that kind of stuff. It also, you know, needed new windows. So X amount of windows, I believe it had like seven or eight windows. So that needs to be accounted for as well. Uh, one section of the roof needed to be redone. So, and then what happened with that one actually is he sent me photos of that property. So I said, I need it for this price. I estimated the renovations to be $40,000 on that. And then when I went to go actually check it out, the roof was messed up and it needed new windows, but like you couldn't tell from the photos. Yeah. So I had to, buffer that into my renovation cost. So then when I told investors, I'm like, Hey, look, I thought it was 40,000. Now I'm here. I'm looking at the roof and the windows. It's an extra $20,000. So this one needed $60,000. Your standard, like 1100 square foot cosmetic property would, I would just say between like 25 to 30 K in renovations. Any exterior could just be depending on the work, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you got to look at each one on its own. Right. And, and yeah, how did you develop the skill to be able to know that stuff? Because like I, I've been in renovations, right? But you came in, you have one property, you really just kind of dove into sales in this type of yeah. business. How'd you uh, get good at it? Or were you really relying on the team to run your numbers, uh, numbers by them? Yeah. So that was more or less just kind of walking in properties, getting photos and kind of just looking at them on the computer and also helping with also having the team kind of help me and say, sort of the fires in a way. Yeah. Also had the team kind of uh, helping like with the, okay, we think the renovation would be this. And, you know, it's one of those things where you just got to keep looking at it. The amount of time I spend my first two months just looking at Kijiji properties and just like, okay, this needs this much work. This needs this much work. Now I can kind of like just walk through a property and say, okay, this property needs 30,000. This property needs 40,000. It just, it comes with experience almost. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, it, it really varies on the project. Like full guts, I'm still not 100% confident on, but the standard cosmetic stuff, I feel very confident with. And it, it really goes by square footage as well. Like thousand, thousand square foot property, just an average renovation. I try and, re- I just suggest like 25 to 30,000 for the most part. Like it, it, Understanding somebody's going to do a kitchen, do the bathrooms, replace the tubs, do some tile, all that stuff. Or yeah. I did one on my back split and that's about a uh, thousand square feet. And I think I came in just under, under 30 and new appliances. I did new. Appliances. Yeah. That seems like that's pretty average. Yeah. I think for the most part now, yeah, with that one, I, I tried to salvage what I could, but I ended up reflooring yeah. the whole place, repainting the whole place, the kitchen, I repainted the cabinets and replaced the handles. And then I put a yep. new, new countertop on. Oh, cool. Um, nice. So yeah, just try and like keep what I can, you know, but I didn't do windows on that one. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're saying at, at a 20 to 25, you're not doing windows at that price. That's no, more cosmetic. Not. Yeah. Pretty well for the most part. Like yeah. I owe a lot of my 
you know, success with this to my, my coach, Corey, as well. Like he's helped me out with that kind of stuff. And Matt and Adam has definitely helped out as well. So just, yeah. just from doing the reps, like it's not rocket science. Once you do it a couple of times, you can get a good grasp yeah. of it. Right. So. Yeah. Hear, hear Corey's name a lot on here. So Corey was on, I'm trying to think episode, maybe like 41. If somebody wants to, uh, don't quote me on that, but you'll find it. It's in that, in that ballpark uh, for anyone who wants to go check out Corey's episode. Yeah. But yeah, Corey's a smart investor also um, in, in the London Sarnia area. I actually yeah. had him out at, uh, he came out to see the townhouse project I'm building. Uh, he wanted oh, to nice. Yeah, you're it. into developing right now, right? That's amazing. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing new construction. Yeah, so I've been doing that for a handful of years. Started that company to do my own, my own flips. And um, yeah. yeah, so that's sort of my active income. And then, yeah, I've been in a bit of a holding pattern as far as buying more. But now I'm looking at, with, with everything happening with, uh, with the lockdown, and uh, what's changing in the, the scope of, of students uh, not knowing what's happening in the fall, uh, there won't be in class, in class, cl- in class yeah. classes. Um, and, and then we'll have probably January, who knows if, if you know, world resumes, but I, I have a feeling that there might be decreased enrollment, which could affect tenancy. So now I'm looking at it. Okay. What can I do to my properties yeah. to make them hedged heavily? So I'm looking at maybe adding additions to a few of my, properties that already have additions and adding nice. a second unit because London, London allows second units. So, uh, that's something I'm going to be pulling, uh, pulling some strings on earlier, uh, in the next, uh, next couple of weeks, not to get yeah. uh, distracted here, but, uh, yeah, no um, anyway, so, uh, Tyler, tell me a little bit about the rental property. The, the first one you bought in London, why'd you buy that? And what did, what did you buy? Yeah. So this is, uh, I knew my long-term plan was to get into real estate and business full-time and coming from Timmins, for me, I didn't see a reason to buy in Timmins because I'm thinking of it long-term and I just know buying in a city like London, for instance, the appreciation over the long run will just be beneficial. That's how I was thinking originally. I wasn't really thinking for cash flow because this was when I was first, first starting out. So I specifically remember I was working up north in Manitowoc, which is like eight hours northwest of Timmins, looking at what, where should I buy? And uh, London came across and I found out that London was one of the recession-proof cities back in 2008. London and Sudbury, the only two cities that saw increase in prices during the recession back then. So I really looked into London and um, I actually found the prices were pretty cheap at the time. Like definitely now looking back, like those were really low prices back in the day. So I found this builder, you might be aware of them, Ironstone Building Company. Yep. And um, they were selling, they were advertising brand like new builds for 340,000. So I was looking at that. I'm like, okay, that's a really good price with everything that's happening from Toronto to, to London, like all the migration, like there's no way that this property will be 340,000 for, for that much longer. Right. So I ended up uh, getting my foot, my feet wet with the, the new build. So I bought pre-construction just my mindset was by the time it's built, it'll be worth more money. And I know now I'm looking back, that's a very speculative play, um, play, yeah. but, uh, it's worked out. Like the property is worth a lot more than that right now, but, uh, that's how I got my feet wet and more or less just lived in it for a bit and rented it out. It's basically breaking even. So my ROI on that isn't really beneficial to my lifestyle right now. So I'm, I'm definitely looking to sell it, but, uh, your first property, I'm just happy to get it. Right. Um, I, I, but you've probably just, done well though, right? Like you must've appreciated how long ago did you, did you close on that one? Yeah. So that one there, uh, I bought at the end of 2018, I believe, or okay. uh, end of 2018 or 2017. But you know, now I'm actually moving back. I'm actually going to get it on the market this fall and I'm looking to sell that for like the, like 535, 540, I think is what it would go for. So you'll have made like 150 upside you figure. Yeah, but like, but by the time I locked it on the price, I ended up paying four hundred. But then I got the finished basement; it came up to to four twenty. But now I look at it on the market and what they're selling for is like in the the mid fives, like five. Yeah, I want to go in there, get it cleaned up, and stage it. I'm looking to get like I think five thirty five, five forty. If I put a deck in the back, but uh, it still is still extremely awesome that you know it's worked out the way it has because. When I went to the Vegas Mastermind with Matt, I, I was in there. I was like, "Oh, I got my investment property." Uh, you know, I told everyone about the property, and every single person there was like, "Yeah, you should sell that. It's not even cash flow." And I'm like, "Oh, I thought this, <laughs> I'm like, I thought this was the best thing ever. I'm going. In, I got a new build, one property, yeah. feeling like great." And then everyone's like, "Oh, I got like 50 units, and they're all cash flow." And like, you need to sell that. So then I looked into selling, and now we're going to sell it a year and a half later. So, well, you're. 
you know what? I commend you for taking action. I took action too. And I made some mistakes Now my first one wasn't, you know, it, I didn't lose on it, but no. it wasn't a property I'd buy now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you just kind of think perspectives change. Starting is definitely worth something. Um, mm. but you, you know, you've, you've approached it, you've gotten the education, you surrounded yourself with the people you needed to No ego, right. you yeah. know, you, you just jump in, be a part of a team, work together, learn yeah. what you don't know and look how far that's, that's gotten you in, in four months, five months, you've, yeah. you've made 90 for yourself, which for a lot of people, that's their year's income. So if you can just take the rest of the year off, if you want now, <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep this momentum going, maybe in the winter time, take some time off and just yeah, you know, go, go somewhere warm. If we're allowed to travel, if we're allowed to travel, that's a whole other story. I know you're big into what's going on in the world right now, but yeah, I hope well, you've I heard my rants. <laughs> it was not- I said, you've heard my rants. <laughs> yeah, I've heard them. I, I see them on Facebook, but like, you, you know, this world is crazy. I'm just trying to wholesale. You know what I mean? The yeah, end of the no, day, that's fair. That's fair. Whatever's yeah. happening, like, yeah. just, you know, we've, we've been doing pretty well for ourselves. So that's great. Yeah, man. No, like, I'm, I'm really happy for you. I, I'm, I'm happy to see you crushing it. And, and I, you know, I appreciate that we got to meet at a meetup and, and these are the course. exact types of, of connections that, uh, that, you know, you never know down the road, you'll know that person and, and, you know, that you'll end up doing business together or something like that. So it's really cool. Um, that's just me, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, any, any thoughts here, like words of wisdom, uh, to share with people because you've, you've done a lot in a really short period of time. Um, yep. you, you've shown what it takes to, to just dive into something, even if you don't know, and you, you start putting things together. So what do you, what do you have to share for our, uh, our listeners and viewers? Yeah. So my one tip is go after what you want in life and just make it happen. Right. Like we're in Canada. Canada is the land of opportunity. I always say like, the opportunities are out there. If you really put your mind towards something and you just go at it every day, there's going to be ups and downs all the way. But you look at the top successful people in the world and their main trait is grit. It's just work really hard. If you're going into business, just go in with good intentions, offer value to people and surround yourself with people doing what you want to do. Because eventually if you just add value to these people that are doing what you want to do, you're, the opportunities are going to come to you. And if you're very intentional and relational, you're going to benefit from it. Right? So add value to people doing what you want to do and just go in with good intention. I, that's the main thing I would say. Don't go like, make sure like, you know, egos like that needs to be out of the game completely. Yeah. Like if you're, if you have no ego, you'll be more intentional, which will make you more relational and you'll succeed in business and people will want to work with you. They will reach out to you and say, Hey, I have this opportunity and they come at sporadic moments. Like that's how I've succeeded. be just adding value to people and it's been coming back to me. Right. So such great advice, man. Um, I think a lot of people come and they just want, want, want. Um, but the people who are giving value and, and trying to add value um, and, and being problem solvers about adding value. Um, yeah. A lot of people, you know, I, I do get a lot of people that reach out and, you know, kind of want to like, you know, intern or something like that. But uh, it's not always that easy, right? Because for me to add yeah. somebody in, that actually takes my time to kind of train them and stuff. So what I find interesting is certain people just go out and solve problems for me, which and I didn't even ask. And I'm you're like, not you're special. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. It's like, oh, I have this problem. If you yeah. have someone that fix that problem, you're yeah. in, you're, you're going to have more opportunities. Like that business is people's, like people's yeah. goals, right? It's oh, like yeah. Fixing people's problems, right? That's how taking works. the time to understand their problem, putting it together, synthesizing that problem, and then going out yeah. and fixing it for that person. I think that yeah, if you can like, do stuff like that, you're going to, you're going to earn some favors with some people who are, who are some movers and shakers. Yeah. Mindset should be going in like, how can I add value to this guy's life? Or like, how yeah. can I add value to her life? That's a, and it'll just come back, right? Like that'll make you intentional, which will make you relational and it'll just work out so well for you. As long as you're persistent and you have good intentions, you will succeed in business. Just, yeah. just keep at it. Maybe right now with COVID, it, I understand it's very, it's a lot hard. It's harder right now, right? Cause we're in a time where there's a lot of scarcity concerns. Just, mm-hmm. Even during these hard times right now, just keep pushing because something great will yeah. come. You just have to have a good mindset, stay positive, and just keep at it, right? Yeah, you just got to have the right attitude, and, and there's always opportunity. No matter what, there's always opportunity. One person's uh, catastrophe uh, you know, of, a, of an economy is another person's gold mine. So That's just uh, it, man. Yeah, we, we, uh, we just got to keep our heads up. And I, I like what you said there, Tyler. You're, you're a beast. Uh, you're, you're absolutely crushing it. 
And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, really glad we got to meet each other. So why don't you tell people where they should go? I know you, you said your Instagram, uh, anywhere else you want them to follow you or how, how should they connect with you? Yeah, so right now I have my Instagram. It's just my full name, Tyler Labresh. Uh, definitely add me on Facebook as well. I'm going to be starting to post a little bit more of what's going on in my life. I don't, I'm not very active right now, but <laughs> once I get some good posts out there, I highly recommend you follow me. There's going to be some good stuff. And I also post my wholesale deals on my social media as well. So if you're interested in investing, those will be on my, my Instagram as well. So just Instagram, Tyler Labresh. That's the best. Perfect. Part. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes and uh, people can reach out to you direct and that'll be great. Appreciate you taking the time today. Absolutely. This is an honor. And you know, we've been talking about this for a little while now. So I'm, this is my first podcast I've ever done. Definitely happy to do it with you, man. Uh, we've come a long way. So look forward to uh, the future. That's for sure. Sounds good. Thanks again. Thanks for watching today's episode. Just a friendly reminder to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you smash the like and subscribe and notification bell. Uh, And also leave a comment. And hey, while you're at it, why not share this episode with somebody you think it could help? It helps this podcast grow and I would really appreciate it. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next episode.